Welcome to the Other Woman in the Wife podcast, where we delve into the complex and often taboo topic of infidelity. I'm your host, Chelsea, and in this episode, I am joined by my business partner and co-host, which I'm trying to get him to be, Kevin. And we are going to go through some of the questions that you guys have sent us. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here. Pro bono, right? I Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> All right. So we have the first question from Kylie, and she says, how do you get over a long-term affair that maintains secrecy throughout? And now that the two of you are the only ones who know, and you are no longer in good terms, it's so isolating to deal with the complexities of an affair ending alone while still being present for all the other aspects of my life. Mm, that does sound like a tough one. So first of all, I always like to give everyone the caveat that I did not experience a long-term affair, but I did experience being the child whose parent had a long-term affair and how that impacted the home. So that is my personal bias, um, just so everyone is aware. But I think that getting over a long-term affair actually requires you to intentionally go through the grieving process. You actually need to appreciate the past for what it was and look at it through the lens of gratitude and be able to mourn a future that isn't yours. So whatever hopes you had for this relationship, you really have to come to peace with the fact that you were filling needs in this way and you need to be able to assess what those needs were that were being met so that in your future relationships, you can make those priority. I think it's a lot it's a lot of just looking back and seeing what things made you happy, seeing what things made you frustrated so that you can have a better understanding of self. How do people grieve their relationships? I think... Or how did you do it? I think that I really had to look back at the relationship that I had with my ex and be able to understand where I went wrong and why the relationship couldn't be something long-term that could evolve into something more productive. I had to assess him as a partner and understand his shortcomings and why those impacted me. I needed to understand how his energy affected me uh, and be able to understand how I could have taken more control over myself in that situation to prevent deceit feeling like it was the only option so learning to learning to be at peace with you know there were a lot of there were a lot of good things that I had with my ex one of those things being holidays I loved doing holidays with him and his family and that wasn't going to be the case anymore so I really needed to come to terms with the fact that I loved what I had but it doesn't have to exist forever for me mm. to be grateful for it. Do you think it is, it is easier to grieve when you have, and, and this might not be true for you, but where there is more negatives on the balance versus positives? Because yeah. in this specific case, like it feels like it's, she had such a great time and now it's over and it's like, I think looking at relationships and retrospect is a real like fucked up ob observation, right? Because, Hindsight is twenty twenty, and it, 
when I think back of relationships that I have mourned that had more negativity than they had positivity, and that wasn't the case with my romantic relationship, but I have had relationships where I have to look back and be like, ooh, I see a little bit more clearly now. I think that that's where I started to understand my own insecurities a lot better. The parts of my relationship where I became emotionally reactive and didn't understand why, that was, you know, really important for me to understand about myself so that I could be in a healthy relationship as an individual. So you you use that relationship basically to get to know yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I I needed I needed to be able to look back and instead of through a lens of animosity or anger or rage, I just needed to come back to that part of my life and critically think through why did I make the decision that I made? Like there was one there was one romantic relationship from way back when in my fucking past, my fucked up past um that there was a lot of bad shit in that relationship why did i not leave why didn't i leave quicker and i think it ultimately came down to me not wanting to be wrong like i mm. didn't want um to admit that this person was not a value add to my life because I had already introduced him as my boyfriend to several people. And so coming back on that, you know, it really does come down to like a fear of judgment from others that they would think that I don't have the ability to pick a good partner. And him, you know, being a good partner wasn't dependent on whether I selected him or not. That was all in his control. So it was a lot of that. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I think I think that if I think about the, the relationships that, relationships that I had in the past, the uh -huh. ones that I learned the most of from were the ones that hurt them from sorry yeah. English European by the way uh -huh. are the ones that hurt the most. Yeah. So wh wh whether it is like a, I mean I have no experience in affair other than the stories that we have with. Come on, come on! An affair is just a poorly timed relationship. That's all it is, with a little bit of deceit sprinkled on top, just a little bit. <laughs> I, th I think that in, in, in the end, like any, any kind of relationship can be a canvas towards getting to know yourself better because there is so much that you can learn from what is it that, how is it that you want to be treated mm -hmm. as a man, as a woman? There is so much to be known for on how you can treat other people. Right. Because there, there are some natural things that you do. And like, if you think about the five love languages, which is like basic stuff, but in the end you have five love languages. The one that you want to receive is the one that you are best at contributing uh -huh. to other people. But knowing that is also one of those things where you learn that other people have other love languages and you can, you can train yourself to give that love to other people. And an affair is a relationship at the wrong time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are emotionally available and that person just gives you your love language, like yeah. it just happens. Yeah, it does. It's it's a careless place in life to be, I'll admit. But there is something powerful, I think, about being seen, valued, and understood in a way that makes sense to you by somebody else on this planet. And ultimately, I think that's what causes us to fall in love. 
and the other thing is like it's not like I think that you you mentioned this in Veronica's in the episode with Veronica. It's like it's not like you are in, intentionally seeking out an affair, right? Yeah, I the, I just, just don't think that the like the act of cheating isn't about the spouse, right? And like once you say they did it to hurt the spouse, I think that you're flipping that truth over. I don't think, at least in my case, my episode of cheating wasn't with the intent of doing anything to anybody else other than myself. Mm -hmm. I also think I also think that the Kylie chick, she should probably be looking into trauma bond, unhealthy attachment, and all of that. Mm. I think that the way that we can counter our erratic emotions is with truth and being able to put some context around that relationship, what was healthy about it, what was unhealthy about it, will allow her to have more knowledge as she goes into future relationships. It does, mm -hmm. it, it, what's really interesting about what she said is that it remained a secret. It remained a secret, but is it still a secret, Kylie, if you told me? Like, I think that there's a lot of value add once you kind of pop that secrecy bubble and it's no longer a relationship that some, that like I'm going to condemn you for. Like I'll never condemn somebody for having an affair. What kind of person would that make me? A hypocrite. Um, and I don't like being a hypocrite and I, you know, serve hypocrisy to life in other ways. But this is one that I don't want to. So I think that I think that that is a really difficult thing. So I don't think keeping that relationship a secret does anyone any good. Because if you think about it, right, like what is the purpose of a secret? Do you know? No, you tell me. To protect other people. Oh, yeah. But you're not really protecting somebody else you're altering their perception of reality. So Yeah, because you're not telling the whole truth. Right. And it's interesting because uh I remember in my TikTok account there was this one comment thread where somebody said, "If it's a secret, you should be ashamed of it." And uh, somebody commented back and said, "Should I be ashamed of my password?" Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, a password and a relationship are two very different things, you know? I think that relationships, the purpose of a relationship is to discover more about ourselves. And that's that's essentially what an affair does in in my opinion. Like, I think for you to embark on something that can be so devastating to other people who are none the wiser, you actually there is a lot more to discover about yourself that would put you in such a precarious position to to be to be at a place where you feel like deceit is your only option for existence the other woman for six years though that's that's fucking taxing because i think that deceit does this compounding effect on our existence where we learn to live with just what we get rather than what we actually want to to live with what we what we get yeah you just learn to live with what you get rather than seek what you actually want 
Oh, it's like an autopilot thing, right? Yeah, you're on autopilot and you're just you're just taking it in. Taking it in. You there's no real future planning. It's always it's always so curious to me whenever I talk to people who are currently in affairs, I'm like, "Have you and your affair partner talked about how this ends?" Like, have you even gone to that because I think when you're just satisfying like I'll say surface level needs, right? Like sex and that type of stuff. You're not going to get into that conversation. You're going to create boundaries naturally, kind of, where you just don't, you just don't go there because you're so afraid that you'll lose what you're getting out of it. Trying to synchronize here some ideas from like on Twitter, there's like this huge, this huge hype that like dopamine and like stop your quick dopamine, video games, porn, Netflix, yeah, uh, sex and all of that stuff and focus on like your long-term vision, long-term goals, long-term business and essentially like mastering your craft, mastering yourself. And I'm wondering how much of quick dopamine, quick like rushes that you have throughout like being in an affair and not wanting to lose that for the benefit of maybe a long a, a better long-term like relationship may that be with your affair partner or someone else i don't know just i think because I, you want to satisfy that those needs like those intrinsic yeah not intrinsic needs i think i think they are intrinsic but it's more of a like quick fix needs i guess like if you compare sex to just alcohol okay i'm gonna or still i guess like in, in affairs you're you're in love ah this is very difficult it is difficult it's difficult, but I will say this, like talking to a, a woman who has been in a long-term affair that has had breaks. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the other women community. The other women community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences we give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. It is difficult. It's difficult, but I will say this, like talking to a, a woman who has been in a long-term affair that has had breaks, they built love. Like they built love in the affair. And when I say love, they built an emotional connection with each other that allowed them to learn things about themselves. And in in this particular scenario that I'm telling you about, she was the uncommitted other woman, as in she was not in a marriage, but he was. So over the course of 20 years, this relationship has existed and they've both been fine with it. No, no qualms, nothing. They know exactly what it is. They play by a certain set of rules, but it's not, they are not satisfying superficial needs and wants. They are actively engaging in a relationship to learn about each other. However, as time has passed, the I think the resentment of each other starts to starts to build. Like, why am I carving out this time? 
for you when you can't be available to me when I actually want you to be. So there's a lot of like tension there. And then she also like, what? From the other woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like the shitty thing about being the other woman, right? You don't get to have date nights. You get what you get when you get it and you don't throw fit. Like you can't. Or the affair starts to break. The relationship starts to fall apart. And it starts to become more hurtful than helpful in for the individuals in it. Does that make sense? 20 years. 20 yeah, years. Yeah, it makes sense. But it's like 20 years is just one of those things. It's like, can you stay so... Like, I, I would never be able to do that. Uh, and Don't say never, Kevin. Like, Don't yeah, say yeah, never. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's more like the... Imagining the... Like, just the pain that you described, uh-huh. you know? Imagine the compounding deceit on your, on your soul. Com- compounding that pain. It's not yeah. like it's just, like, at some point, you're just going to burst out. Yeah. And I think there comes a point where you realize the sacrifice you're making is for them and not for you. And then you really have to question, like, what am I doing in this relationship, you know? But there's... I think there's something about women where women love to be needed, I think. They love to be needed by a man. They want Mm. to be wanted, but they also love to be needed. And it's almost like this, you know, a little bit of an ego power trip where you, where I felt like in the affair, I felt like Stan's progress that he was having in his career was also due to my encouragement you know but like why did I feel the need to encourage somebody in that way and become so intimately involved with them like we weren't just swapping business deals you know we were we were swapping stories about our childhood we were swapping stories about our our entire lives up until that point and what things made enjoying life challenging for us. So it really is, it really is just like this mindless act of falling in love. But I will say I've never, ever fallen in love the way that I did with Stan. Like so uncalculated, so without measure. Like it was just like, it was, it was like falling down a fucking time warp that's what it felt like why because he wasn't who i thought i would fall in love with he just wasn't like he wasn't who i pictured my life ending up with and so when i started to feel this like strong emotional pull towards him and at that point like i had i had suppressed a lot of emotion i i was just like this pressure cooker of a person who all of a sudden met somebody who had a much more open-minded view of the world and I just combusted and I was like tell me your ways <laughs> uh, but chasing that dopamine it wears off it totally does so like those long-term affairs I don't think it's a dopamine chase those long-term affairs are like emotional 
connection that these people have become dependent on. And so being able to break that attachment is incredibly difficult when you place so much value on love, relationships, all of that. You think you think yeah. that that person is unique to benefiting you and and sure they are, but there's definitely other ways to go about it. There's there are uh, there are plenty of people to learn from. I I told the girl one time I was like, "Look, if I was 20 something again, like if I did my life over, I would fall in love as many times as I could without commitment." without commitment and obviously not married men, okay? But I think that allowing myself to fall in love allowed me to understand myself so much better. So when people say like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, when I was a kid, I was always like, I want to go find myself. And my dad was like, the fuck are you saying? So I, I you know, immediately was like, oh, yeah, what am I saying? I, I know who I am. And then... I get into actual life and I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know what makes me what makes me happy. I don't know um what qualities in a spouse are required for me to be committed for the long haul. Mm. And then, you know, I started to discover that because it of the affair like I really did seek individual help after the affair because I never wanted to do it again yesterday I, re I read something in a book where um, it's about creativity and the author was saying don't wait to find out who you are before you start creating use the creation process as getting to understand who you are and I think it's like the same thing with the relationships is you're trying to figure out who you are first before you get into a relationship then you, you are kind of putting yourself in a disservice because that whole part of how you are in a relationship is just missing. It's missed. Yeah, it's completely right? missed. Yeah. You, you, you can learn how you, who you are like outside of a relationship as a friend, as an individual, as a son or daughter or whatever, but you, you'll never know who you are as a romantic person or someone who is in love with someone. And that's right. still part of something. And you, you need to learn that when you are in a relationship. You yeah, I agree. Which, which ultimately, I think that touches on how good are you at getting vulnerable with other people without mm -hmm. having your heart broken? You know, like, I'm not going to put the responsibility of my heartbreak onto somebody else. Like, I know now that there's nothing anybody can do about pain that I feel other than myself. So I would, I would fall in love a lot. I would fall in love a lot. I would allow myself to be open, vulnerable with with people that I felt compelled to share with. And mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm falling in love with a bunch of strangers on the Internet by doing this very thing because I am opening myself up in this vulnerable way. Right. And I'm I mm -hmm. am talk about insecurities. OK. Like when I lash out at somebody on the internet for like talking about my hairline or something and it, uh, they come back at me and they're just like, oh, I was just making an observation. I'm like, well, fuck me. <laughs> you no, weren't trying. Observation. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess that I guess that uh, forehead insecurity of mine isn't gone yet. I just 
deal with it, you know? And then it gets to the whole, like, do insecurities disappear or are they just better managed? And the answer is? I think that they're better managed. Yeah. I think you, you're aware of them. You know they exist. You know why they exist. Like my forehead, for instance, you know? I think I was called five head in childhood. Stan refers five to me head. as a dolphin. Yeah, he says that I can speak dolphin with a forehead like mine. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it all comes down to like, the world thinks that the forehead, my forehead should be a certain size and it isn't. I'm not interested in changing the size of my fucking forehead, so I'll live with it. But I think, I think that there is also a case to be made that you can get rid of your insecurities completely. How? One of them, the things that you were saying is like the perception of what society has, right? Like the forehead should be at different sizes or whatever. This is a perfect size. So if it is above that size, you can make fun of it. And I have to deal with my insecurities, insecurities coming from society. So if you just know that it's society, I think that there is a case where it's like, okay, your opinion does not value mine or yes. is not at the same stand as mine. But in terms of insecurities, like, um, from beliefs where they, they, they stem, they are living within you from beliefs that stem from other people. I think that those are are able to be solved or com be completely removed. So as for instance, when you are in a relationship and you act in a certain way because uh -huh. you have been modeled, like the relationship, how you are acting is modeled by your parents or whoever you were closest to and the relationships that you had when you were younger. Mm -hmm realizing that you had literally zero say in how you are currently dealing in a relationship and you currently and having that realization saying i don't need to be like this and now i have total control over on how i want to act in a relationship like removes all the insecurities because now it's not as like i am managing an insecurity but i'm basically building my own belief on how i want to be Totally. You know, and that actually brings up a good point. So like for a while, it made me super insecure to bring Stan home because he didn't do the things that my parents, you know, touted themselves about for so long. Simple example, opening the car door. And so mm -hmm. we would drive up to my parents' house and Stan wasn't in the habit of opening my car door. Like, why? Why would he think that that would bother me? You know? And so I would start to get worked up within myself that like, oh, my God, my parents know that he doesn't open the car door for me. And then I really had to get down to brass tacks, basically, of does it really fucking matter to me whether my husband opens the car door? Like, what am I getting out of that showmanship for my parents who? Yeah, I mean, they had a They had a long term relationship. Was it the best? For them, maybe. It doesn't have to be for me, though. So, and there's and there's lots of stuff, you know, that I don't do that Stan got modeled. His parents cooked. I DoorDash. You know? Do you know what DoorDash mm -hmm. is? Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. All right. We have our own uh, kind of version of that. Yeah, I think, like, in, in that specific case, it's more like you weren't doing it for you. You were doing it for your parents, right? It's yes. like... I think that there is like a perception in like here in Europe or at least my culture, Portu being Portuguese, there's a perception of you need to be married. And like in, in a couple, you need to be married or at least I used to be. Um, I don't want to. 
and I'm not going to satisfy anyone else with my relationship other than myself and the relationship partner that I'm on right now with yep. right now. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I remember my my grandparents they told me that I wasn't allowed to bring boyfriends to the house until we were married. Mm, yeah, that's a common one. So like I couldn't even I couldn't even like get to know somebody with my family around them until I had made the commitment. And that was kind of wild. Yeah. Really sets you up for failure. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.